Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. One day I'm going to write a cookbook, but I do. I've, I've started to actually write my recipes because the kids and my husband will always say, why don't you write down your recipes? Yeah. And I've realized I probably should start doing that. The family joke is that if somebody asks me for the recipe, I'll just say, well, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America. Head over to blazetv.com slash stew and help us push back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. Use the promo code stew to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video right this second. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Please do all the things. 2024 has a bunch of candidates out there. We're going to tell you who's joining the party. My lovely wife, Lisa Page, going to join us to, to kind of share her crazy journey she's been on for the uh, past month or so. Uh, But we start by doing Earth Day 2023. Yes, Earth Day is tomorrow. How excited are you? Have you cut down your tree to celebrate Earth Day? If not, why don't you care about the Earth? Ask yourself that. Uh, Biden cares about the Earth. He is going to sign an executive order prioritizing environmental justice. Do you ever stop and think, like, how did these people get to this level of insanity? Like, what happened to what happened to this very privileged very white guy over his very very long life where he thinks that every single issue has to be brought back to race even the temperature is a racial issue boys and girls Uh, he says he's going to make sure that poverty race and ethnic status do not lead to worse exposure to pollution and environmental harm So there you go. That's the sort of priority we have. Of course, we also have a bad sequel. You know, you you had, what was it, uh, Exorcist 2, known as one of the worst sequels of all time. Uh, And, you know, like you had The Exorcist, kind of like a classic horror movie. And then you have Exorcist 2, and it's apparently one of the worst movies of all time. Sometimes it's very, very difficult to come up with that sequel. Well, in this case, the first one was really, really terrible, and the sequel is going to be even worse. AOC is reintroducing... The Green New Deal. Yes, it's back. Remember that thing? They kept saying, oh, that's crazy. They don't really want that. That's just a couple of people. Well, AOC's on board with it again. And I loved this quote because every once in a while you see something, you just realize that person is not even at all aware of what's going on. Like, they, don't even, they don't even get it at all. I love this. Uh, when we first introduced the Green New Deal, we were told that our fear, vision for the future was too aspirational. No, everyone just called you dumb. No, no one said you were too aspirational. They said you were dumb. That's what everyone said. They said you were stupid and we were laughing at you because of your stupidity, not because of your aspirational qualities. 
It's just adorable. Uh, for four years later, we see core tenets of the Green New, New Deal reflected in the Inflation Reduction Act. What? That's, wait a minute, that's what conservatives said what was going on. And you're telling me, no, you're telling me they jammed a bunch of this crap into the Inflation Reduction Act? Oh, yeah, we went over all of that at the time, I forgot, uh, with a focus on creating good green jobs. But there's still much, much more to do, Ocasio-Cortez said in a statement someone wrote for her. Uh, TikTok is going to remove climate change denial videos and direct users to authoritative information. What's authoritative to TikTok? Might I guess? Could it be the Chinese Communist Party? What do they want to say about the climate? The fact that the Chinese Communist Party agrees pretty much full bore with the Biden administration tells you quite a bit about the Biden administration. I mean, they're basically on they're they're on board for the Green New Deal because they know, of course, it's going to help them. It's going to be tons of money, billions and billions, if not trillions of dollars flowing to the Chinese Communist Party, which is something that they really like. Also, um, I don't know if you missed this one. This is a this is my Earth. I, I've been saving this for a few weeks because I knew Earth Day was coming and I wanted to make sure we celebrated this together. Bill Gates was asked, hey, you got to keep using those private jets like you keep talking about climate all the time. Why do you keep using these private jets. Isn't that like the worst possible thing that you could do? He says, well, I love this answer. Well, I buy the gold standard of funding Clima Works uh, to direct air capture that far exceeds my family's carbon footprint, he said. He was being interviewed in Kenya. And I spend billions of dollars on climate innovation. So, you know, should I stay at home? Who would suggest that, Bill? Of course. And not come to Kenya and learn something about farming and malaria? You can catch malaria in other places. You don't need to go all the way to Kenya to catch malaria. Why not go there? You know, another place you can uh, learn about malaria is on the Internet. Do you have any, I don't know, do you have any Windows computers still laying around the house? You could pop one of those on, get a a nice dial-up connection going, and pop on over to the Internet, go to Wikipedia, and just search for farming or malaria. One of the two. Learn about it that way. You don't need to fly to Kenya to do that. And you might say, well, he's spending all this money and he's outpacing his own uh, climate footprint. Now, of course, we have no way of knowing if that is true. Uh, He could obviously just lie about that because this is just a mythical measure as it is. But secondarily, if you think the climate is such a big deal and you think the climate is going to be the thing that sinks us, why wouldn't you just do both? Why wouldn't you give billions and billions of dollars to, to research the climate and learn about farming and Kenya and, I don't know, malaria and do that from home and then just don't take the private jet. Or if you were going to go to Kenya, you could just get on a flight that's already going to Kenya. You don't need to schedule a whole separate plane to go there. These people don't actually care about this at all. But I will say there is some good news for the Earth this Earth Day weekend, 2023. And I think we need to make sure that we celebrate it. Luckily, Vox has helped us with this. Vox has a new article out, seven big Earth Day wins for the planet. And, you know, sometimes we don't take the time to stop and think about all the victories, all the wonderful things that are happening. You know, sometimes we just sit back and we think, oh, there's bad news all over the world. What about all the good things that are going on 
and Vox has found them, especially with their, I, I am partial to number five on this list. It is, of course, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> this is, I am not making this up. This is really on their list for the climate winds of the past year. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which accelerated Europe's shift off of fossil fuels. Do you think they care about human life? Do you think so? They keep arguing these things like, oh, well, this will save people's lives if we fix the climate. They're cheering on a war that's killing thousands. And they're saying it's a good win for the earth. You know what else is another good win for the earth? COVID-19. What a wonderful, wonderful time. All the businesses shut down. No one could go anywhere. People were welded into their apartments. No one was driving their cars. A huge win for the earth. Oh, my gosh. By the way, let's go back to this uh, real quick on uh, Ukraine. Look at these wonderful pictures of earth victories. Here's a see that building not going to be churned out any air conditioning costs anymore. Yes, it's all the way to the ground. This is a nice one because tons and tons of people were killed probably in this bombing. But hey, those people are flat and will no longer breathe out uh, CO2. How about this? Ukraine, Russia, uh, war, devastation all over the place. Hey, that fire's not so great. That fire's not so great. But hey, it's better than if there were actual people there living and driving SUVs. So a wonderful win for the climate and a wonderful win for the earth. Thank you so much. Vox. Um, hey, you know what else is a big win for the Earth? The continent of Africa. Almost no one has a car. It's incredible. People can't eat. They can't make it through. They have almost no access to health care. It's fantastic. No big buildings there. No big SUVs there. Almost nobody taking private jets out of Africa. It's just people like Bill Gates flying in. So it's a wonderful win for the Earth. Another big win for the Earth. Uh, is uh, cancer. What an incredible victory for the earth. You see, the good thing about that is it kills millions of people. And those people will in the future no longer be breathing and therefore they can't turn on, you know, their air conditioning and their pool heaters and their SUVs and all the evil things that they do every day. So wonderful victory for all of us in, of course, the idea of cancer. And last, I will say, Another great victory. It's, it's coming in the future very soon. An alien invasion. If we can just get aliens to come in and destroy all life on Earth, then the Earth will, of course, thrive. I wish I, wish I had this article. We had Alex uh, Epstein on the program on radio uh, this morning. We were talking about it. He brings us, we, he's talked about it on our show several times. We've talked about this concept a lot. The idea of seeing the Earth as something that is, ideally, our policies would point towards human flourishing, or in the left's view, it would point away from impact of the earth. This is a great example of this thought process. This is a win. These, this is a win. Buildings collapsing, people dying. That's a win because, hey, in the future, less impact on the earth. Don't worry about that human toll. It's not really important. So thank you so much, Vox, for highlighting that for us. And I want to leave you with this. Uh, our friend John Stossel, who has done a lot of great reporting on the environment over the years, he was one of the first people that ever, because you have this thing as a skeptical person, and you watching the show, you're probably very, I mean, I don't want to call you cynical. I mean, if you're watching this show, you probably are. But skeptical at least probably defines you. And I am looking for this stuff all the time. I look at environmental claims all the time. 
I like to debunk them. I like to look at them and see which ones are valid, which ones aren't. But one of the things I honestly was so indoctrinated on my entire life from birth all the way up until I started thinking about politics was recycling. I mean, look, uh, look, we, I'd even use that as an example. Look, all the stuff they want to do, they want to get rid of cars. That's crazy. Can't we just recycle and get along? That was the way, I think, I think it's the way a lot of people think, honestly. It wasn't until I started reading, I think it was one of John Stossel's books that talked about this initially, but he's produced a, a video about this. I'm going to tweet it out as well. You can check it out at uh, Stu Does America on Twitter, where he goes through the case for recycling. Does this make sense? I know it's kind of like all already completely in our, uh, you know, it defines our culture uh, when it comes to green nonsense. But, like, is it really worth it? Is it worth you sorting all of your trash every day? Let me show you some of this. This is, because uh, I, I will say, when I first heard this stuff, even I was surprised. This recycling company is run by Lynn Hoffman. If we're not using recycled paper and cardboard, we're cutting down more trees. Recycling paper and cardboard does save trees. Recycling aluminum does save energy. But most of the other stuff is impractical to recycle. That's right. This is material that came in to the recycling facility from people's recycling carts and is going to leave as trash. Huge amounts of what people send to her recycling plant will never be recycled. The worst is plastic, which for years has been marked with the recycling symbol. We see stuff like this all the time. Recycling arrows on it. Please recycle. It's not recyclable. Mm, uh-oh. Yeah, pretty much nothing. I think the number they gave in this is about 5% of plastics uh, that actually are turned in to be recycled are actually recycled. 5%. What a complete waste. And of course, most of this goes overseas and gets just left in landfills anyway. Um, it is honestly an incredibly expensive waste of time. Watch. All my life, I've heard about how important it is to recycle. It's not. Science writer John Tierney debunked recycling claims years ago. His New York Times Magazine story, Recycling is Garbage, set a record for Times hate mail. And yet, what you said is still true? It's even more true today. In fact, the economics have just gotten worse. Now, my city would save more than $300 million a year if it just stopped recycling. Recycling is an industry that's using increasingly expensive labor to produce materials that are worth less and less. This is incredible. I mean, $340 million just stopping the recycling programs. And again, they go through and talk about how really none of this does anything. It doesn't help at all. If you are to wash out a plastic bottle, which a lot of people do, uh, with some warm water, well, you've outdone all of the savings that you could have had from the recycling, even if it was an efficient process. This is... You know, it's really crazy uh, that we keep going down this road over and over and over again. Now, one of the complaints, which, you know, I don't know, feels kind of legitimate. I think a lot of people believe this. This is another one of those claims that is almost central to everyone's belief system when it comes to the earth is that we are running out of landfill space. We had a lot of landfill space at one time. We were, we're consumer, our consumer culture has filled up these landfills. And now we don't know what to do with all this trash. This is a stat you will not believe. Watch. If you think of the United States as a football field, all the garbage that we will generate in the next 1,000 years would fit inside a tiny fraction of the one-inch line. Really? Oh, that's surprising. Mm, On yeah, top of that, today's landfills are not the polluters they once were. Some sensible regulations make sure they don't pollute. Eventually, landfills are turned into ski hills, parks, and golf courses. 
Putting garbage here is much cheaper than recycling. Mm, you can save a lot of money. You're not really doing any good with the recycling anyway. And of course, there's that minor little thing that we have plenty of space. I will say I was I made the mistake one day. This is about two weeks ago. I was home and I was looking out the window and our uh, recycling guy came. And of course, just like every you know 90 percent of communities in the country, you have the two garbage cans or you got the green one and whatever the other color is. And you put the stuff in the recycling and you throw it out there and, and two different trucks come for some reason to take your trash because the recycling is so important, even though, as we just covered, it really isn't. And I watched the recycling truck pull up, and I mean it was pretty cool. They had like the the arm that came out from the side, and it picked up my you know my garbage truck or garbage can was closed. The recycling bin was closed, and it came out. An arm came out, and it picked it up, and it brought it up like this, and it turned it over, and it put it in, and shook it around a little bit, and then it came back down, and it was empty. And I thought to myself, I think I have no freaking idea what I'm putting that can. I could put anything in there. I'm just going to start using that as another trash can. Why? Why? Why do I care at all? This isn't doing anything anyway. Why not just give myself more space to put my trash in? They're not even looking at what's going in there. Of course, they have to hire tons and tons of people on the other side to sort it out. But, you know, hey, maybe this will convince them not to do that. Let me give you one more uh, wrapping, uh, wrap up package here from, uh, from John Stossel talking about recycling on Earth Day weekend. It's appalling that after telling people for three decades to recycle, they don't even apologize for all the time and money that they've wasted. Instead, they have an even worse proposal that will make life even worse and will be even more expensive. But environmentalists still demand we pick through our trash, switch from plastic to paper bags that rip. California even bans small plastic shampoo bottles. Why do you want to make life more difficult for travelers? Some of these rules are just so arbitrary and silly. It's simply a way, I think, for Greens and for some politicians to pretend that they're saving the planet. And it's to just feel absurd. good. To yeah. It feels like they're doing something. Right. And I think they get a charge out of telling people what to do. Yeah, they sure do. So much of the Green movement is about this. It's about telling people what to do. It's about bossing them around. It's about it's about indoctrinating them, really. I mean, people do this almost like a religious uh, action. They go and they sort their, they wash out their cans, they wash out their bottles, they sort their recycling into 47 different bins. This is completely absurd. And we really, honestly, all this stuff should stop. We, have, we are in a position where things are so much better than they used to be. And I know sometimes we get negative, we, start th- we stop thinking about the good things that are going on, but in the background there's this constant current. We're always talking about the choppy waters on top, but underneath the water there's a current that's going towards really positive things. Our air is cleaner. We are now 98% lower in climate-related deaths across the world than we were 100 years ago. 98 percent. This has been an incredible time. At the same time, the left is telling us we've destroyed the planet. It's the worst place you could be. You, you go back, just the smell itself. Go back 50 years ago. You want the smell, just the smell of people without deodorant. You want that? You want that on your conscience? I don't think so. So this Earth Day, celebrate the fact that they don't really even know what you're throwing in your recycling bin. Celebrate the fact that AOC is going to look like a moron pitching the Green New Deal. Celebrate the fact that you can know the truth. That when you go and you do things that are helping capitalism, overall, at the end of the day, what you're doing is helping the environment, helping the Earth 
Capitalism has brought billions of people out of poverty. And those people, you know what? Sometimes they do make a bit of a mess. But I'm going to go ahead and say that I'd rather have those people be alive. I'd rather have those people thriving. I'd rather have those people with medicine and energy and transportation than to try to squash them back into a third world oblivion to praise some evil green god. Yeah, you can go find some uh, surgeon in some, you know, foreign, faraway land to do some surgery on you to get your face, you know, I don't know, looking like it's made of plastic. But why not do something that's actually going to help your skin, make you look younger in a much more uh, sane way? GenuCell. GenuCell is the best in skin care. Here's a real review from GenuCell.com. Claire said, I absolutely love GenuCell. My skin feels so good, tighter, younger, with a more even tone. And I only used it for a week. My advice for everyone, take a before picture. We hear this from people all the time. Make sure you take the before picture. Um, look, you know, uh, Jim uh, writes, my wife loves it. Ever since I purchased it for her, things got much more interesting after dark. That's too much information, Jim. I don't need to know that about you, Okay. I mean, it's just it's it's a skincare product. Okay, just calm down a little bit. Uh, Nothing works like GenuCell. It's a family recipe over made made, it's been around for 20 years. It's made by compounding pharmacists in small batches, and it's always safe, cruelty free, and natural. Right now, go to GenuCell.com/slash/do save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package, featuring their Ultra Retinol and Dark Spot Corrector. Don't wait. Go to GenuCell.com/slash/do GenuCell.com/slash/do. All orders are upgraded to free shipping, and every subscription order includes a complimentary spring spa box with three spa essentials also free for a limited time visit now genucel.com slash stew it's g-e-n-u-c-e-l.com slash stew this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by window their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead and after you can unwind using their free high-speed wi-fi Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You know, sometimes we go out and we try to book, you know, presidents of the United States, senators, uh, all sorts of uh, figures. And never has there been a more difficult booking than this next one. My wife, Lisa Page, host of Lisa Page Made Me Do It, the podcast you should, of course, be subscribed to. Support the family. Come on. Lisa, thanks for coming in. Everybody knows I'm the real breadwinner around here, so... No kidding. Subscribe. The one with actual talent, so (laughs) thank you for coming in. Um, I wanted to bring you in because you've gone through a really crazy experience here over the past, I don't know, three to six months. And I think a lot of people follow you on social media. Your Instagram is uh, Lisa Page Made Me Do It. Um, And you've seen seen some of the progress. But can you kind of take people through the story? Because I think there are real lessons for people uh, to as they kind of go through their life and think about, um, you know, everything from health care to how they interact with with people around them. Go back to two. Th- bring well, me back to 2013 here. Yeah, start. I think the biggest lesson that I have learned from this entire experience is that you need to listen to your doctor, and when they <laughs> tell you to go get something like I don't know an MRI, yeah, you go and get it. Yeah, really. So um, for. People that don't know, you know, I mean, everybody that follows me on Instagram kind of knows the whole story. And I do have a tab like on my main page that says kidney surgery. So if you need any backstory, you can go there and click through because I do take it, take everybody through the whole situation. But back in 2013, 
we went to this place called the Princeton Longevity Center. And for those that are living around Dallas in that area, basically the same place. Similar the to the Cooper Clinic. Yeah. Yes, because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of questions about well, where do I go if I live in this area? But basically, you know, we've been going for the last, what, 15 years. We try and go every like five to seven years. So we went in 2008 or nine and both got great reports. Mm-hmm. Then we went back in 2013 and, at and the, you got a great report overall. Yes. Um, it was just one little minor thing. A little, a little, yeah. a little hiccup in my report. Yeah. Um, and, and just to <laughs> tell people what this, these places are, the, the Prince and Longevity Center, I've mentioned it before in the air, but it's like a, it's a full day physical, basically. They give you a million tests, tests that normally you would only get if you had a real problem. Like you had a massive pain in your side, they would scan to see what's going on. Right. The concept here is they do those scans before you feel the pain to see if something is coming, and they did this, they did all these scans with you that day, and they found something. So yes, we at the end of the day, Stu and I both sat down and we um, went through our whole, like, you know, the binder of stuff. Yeah. So we get to the, my section, and the doctor's like, oh, it looks like there's something on your kidney. Nothing to really be crazy worried about, but, you know, you should get an MRI. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I've never had that done before, and I'm healthy. Yes, So I was healthy. thinking, like, that's crazy. But again, this is 2013 and we were in Dallas. We had just flown up for the, there for the test and we came back down and I just basically took the folder and threw it in the, <laughs> the study and didn't even think about it. Like didn't even think about it. And, you know, in your defense, you know, we have two kids. They're at this time very, very young. It's a crazy time. And so you didn't get around. Well, to and it. I didn't feel I still like yeah, up until literally my surgery three weeks ago, I had not felt or experienced any type of pain side effect. A lot of people that have kidney issues usually experience, because now I'm a pro with all the kidney info, Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of people experience, um, you know, just constant, you know, you have to go to the bathroom all the time, or you're experiencing lower back pain and right. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, ha- n- none of that has occurred. Uh, not, I mean, not even post-surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I did not get the MRI. So fast forward to this past summer, we go back do the same type of scans, even more, we even added more things. And at the end of our day, the doctor, same doctor sits down and says, you never got that MRI, did you? And I was like, "Eh, not really. (laughs) So anyway, um, to make a very long story short, uh, I had this little, it started out as sort of a small little mass, right, on my right kidney. And this probably would have ended up not such a serious surgery if I had just gotten the dumb MRI in 2013. Mm. Um, It probably would have been a partial nephrectomy. That's what it's called. I ended up having a radical nephrectomy um, because this... this, Which basically means they just took the whole thing out. They just took the whole... uh, Yeah, they just took my whole kidney out. And when I went for my consultation, shout out to my bestie, Brittany, for coming with me. Um, You know, when I met my urologist for the first time, he just basically said, we're not even doing a biopsy. Anything really related to the kidney and a cyst this size on your kidney, we're not even going to, like, do a biopsy. We're just going to... I'm going to need to take your kidney. And I was like, you're going to... What? 
So. It's wild, especially, you know, for, especially if, uh, if people are listening, don't know Lisa, uh, just assume what my wife would probably look like. You don't understand. She's in, like, really good shape. Uh, you know, if you've never seen Lisa before, like, she's, like, the healthiest person you've ever seen. I like, try to be, oh, but. Stu's wife probably uh, is really unhealthy and eating, you know, sugary Cheetos. cereals all day. Yeah. No, that's not the way she yeah. lives. It's funny because, uh, you know, you're the one that had to have the surgery, and here I am uh, still, uh, you know, still totally What the hell? Gone. How did this happen? How am I the one going under, and you're just living your life? So anyway, that's the whole, so I had the surgery. I was completely, I, everything I didn't want to happen totally happened, right? Like, how obsessed was I with this whole situation about... You know, having my whole right kidney taken out, like it, scary. It, I was so scared. I remember when she when they told it to you, they're they're like, "Yeah, you're taking a kidney out." It was shocking. And then they said in that first thing meeting that ninety percent chance this was malignant, like a, yeah. a you know we're yes. talking cancer. Like yes. I, this is scary stuff to hear. You're you're a young person, and it's like for that to happen, that was, was there's some terrifying moments there. Even though they didn't think it was going to, it had spread. You never know with this stuff, right? It was contained, but I, I have to say that. After um, we got the pathology report back, we we did no- learn that this this cyst tumor mass, whatever you want to call it, had already grown like another centimeter since July. So basically, to give everybody an idea, my kidney um, was nine centimeters, and the the tumor they took out was six. So eventually, yeah. I mean, this would have overgrown and taken over my kidney and I probably would have had kidney failure. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like it's grown very slowly. It had grown very slowly over the last nine years. But if we had never gone to the Princeton Longevity Center, I guess the point is if we had never gone, uh, this, I would have never known that mm-hmm. this was on my kidney and what if it was cancer? And, and you were there when the doctor came in and told us like, if I just done a regular biopsy, it would have come back as uh, renal carcinoma. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, the difference is they took the kidney, they sent it to pathology, and then after they found out running a million tests and different dyes under a microscope, um, that it, it's, I don't even know the name of it. I forget the name of it. Yeah, but it was only 0.2% of all tumors turned out with whatever the name of it that you had is your, I can't even pronounce it if I knew the name. Uh, but. It was in the good 10%, right? Like it was in the non-malignant 2%. Yes, the bottom line is that it is not cancer. Yes. So that is very, very good. That's, but we really thought it was because even my urologist came in the day after the surgery and said there's a 1 in 10 chance it's benign. So we were, I was completely like already there in the headspace of like, all right, it was cancer, but I'm not going to really, I don't have to really worry about it because it was contained on my kidney and they took my kidney. Right. And so because it's kidney, it's, it's, it grows very slowly, which was good. And so no spread, nothing. Um, what's interesting about this, I think, too, for, for people who are just, you know, on a day-to-day basis is the way we think about healthcare. I, I'm always fascinated by, about people who think about things totally differently. We were talking about a guy, Alex Epstein, we had on radio today who thinks about the climate and, and energy in a totally different way. And I think it helps people understand what the priority should be. The same thing here. The way we deal with healthcare is really reactive, right? Like something happens to us and then we take steps to try to stop it rather than finding out in advance. And I know like the preventative stuff people will tell you to go do, do your checkups, but none of that stuff's enough. We don't use that technology that we have, these scans. Most people never get them unless they start feeling pain. This could have gone on for another decade. You wouldn't even have known it. You could have uh, had yeah. all sorts of spread and all sorts of these other things, but you, they caught it early. And because of that, I mean, legitimately, what was it? Th- a little over three weeks ago, you were in a hospital bed and then, I mean, to- completely out of it. Have your have kidney you taken ever, out. Have you ever, ever, ever seen me that quiet? No, no, that was, 
or not or it was one of the one immobile. of the side effects. Quiet though, you were quiet too. Believe me, I was me. very um, quiet. Yeah, so it was one of the very few times. But I mean, like, it's a miracle. Three weeks ago, you were in the surgery. You get your kidney out, and looking at you today, no one would know that anything happened. Like you are back to a hundred percent normal and have been for a couple of weeks, basically. It's incredible. Well, I mean, I, I do think a lot of that is mind over matter. But before I had the surgery, I was very upset, like thinking about the recovery and not being yeah. able to work out and. Like my daily habits, my everything was going to go out the window because I have a routine and I'm very like, you know, a type A. Um, but it, like everything's actually fallen into place perfectly. Like it, it, this has been like a great recovery. I feel like because I have always been very like disciplined with working out and eating pretty good, healthy ish. Everybody told me that this is it would come back like it would, it would come back to you in like the best way possible mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, recovery. And it has. So um, I'm here. I'm alive. I don't have cancer. And what I will say to everybody, and we've talked to so many of our friends now that are like, I want to do this. I want to go to the Prince of Longevity. I want to go to Cooper Clinic. And it's like this, this type of day is not cheap, but like you can't really put a price on health. If you're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. e- it's it is worth it's worth every penny mm-hmm. to go and just find out what what is happening within your body. Yeah, it's one of those things that you know it can cost a lot, but if you, you got to look at it as once every five years, you break that up over five years, you know it, it's it's not nearly as much as you, as you might think, and I think it winds up really giving you peace of mind. You know, for example, that you know you, things aren't starting in your body that you didn't know about before—a cancer or you know heart. They do a full 3D scan of your heart. All of these things I think are really important. And also, it was interesting. I think too, we have about a minute left. Um, the outpouring from your friends was really interesting. Oh my god! I, I mean, I, I don't—I didn't even think I had that many friends. Right? Right? Like, I, I didn't think people I, liked us that no. much. It really—you in a situation like this, you really truly find out who your true friends are. I mean, the meal train. It was like we just stopped getting meals last week. It was just the outpouring of like concern, care, empathy, like anything you need. Do we need to bring the kids somewhere? Like the amount of crumble cookies that came. Oh, my gosh. Ah. Um, Yeah. I just this whole this whole experience has been very eye opening, but like humbling at the same time. And I'm just happy that I'm here and alive and living to tell the story but again like lesson learned yeah like yeah, listen, listen to, to your doctor when they tell you go get a dumb mri get the mri <laughs> like just get it uh you know and i will say too like we spend so much time talking about what a disaster our country is and of course this is completely uh true but when you go through something like that first of all you realize really important things and secondly you realize you are surrounded probably i hope by a lot of people who really care about you and it was really cool to see that i mean that was really in fact i will i'm going to put this up on my uh uh I, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, um, when this was going on, um, th- I want to give you a picture of what it was like to be Glenn, to be friends with Glenn Beck, because he came by to, to do something, you know, to just to say hello. And, um, Tanya, his wife, came over the literally, the, like, literally the, the day, day. Mm-hmm. I, like, of, I got home. And he, she brought us food, and she did all these nice things. Glenn stopped by, <laughs> rang the picture. doorbell, and no one answered. So he wrote a note on a delivery box out in front of our house, and so we took a picture of it. We'll post it up there. Go check it out. Uh, I'll, I'm sure it'll be at Lisa Page Made Me Do It as well, and at Stu Does America. I'm really glad you're okay. That was scary for a little well, bit. Me too. And really oh, glad. and look, before we go, shout out to Baylor Grapevine. Yes. The entire staff, awesome. Dr. Bruner, Ryan the anesthesiologist, 
all the nurses, everybody, like they were the best, the best. I cannot say enough. Like I, they keep sending me surveys. I can't stop writing how great the entire staff was. It was awesome. So if you're going to have a surgery and have a, an organ removed, go to Baylor Grade 5. <laughs> there you go. Get your organs removed now. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so glad you're okay. And I know so many people in the audience were writing and, and sending us messages of support, and it meant a, a real lot to us. So thank you so much. Uh, by the way, I don't know when you're going to start doing the podcast again. At I some mean, point. I've been on a hiatus. I don't know. Yeah, I know. You've been taking a little break, but at some point, I'm sure you'll come back and explain yeah. all this in more detail. Lisa Page made me do it. Uh, follow her on Instagram. She's always on there. She's always taking pictures, and I try to get out of the way of them, but she still takes them anyway. <laughs> Lisa, thanks for coming on the program. No problem. So we have uh, four new candidates in the race for the presidency. It looks like at least four new ones in. Honestly, there's only one in here that has any business being president, but let's go through them anyway. Um, now, first of all, we start with RFK Jr. Yes, RFK Jr. announced this week he uh, wanted to be president of the United States. Uh, and the funny thing about this, this, this coverage, this is from the New York Times, one of the things they're trying to do now is they, they, always, they always like RFK Jr., he was always a hero to the left. He was always a hero to the media. Sure, he was a little bit out there, but he was out there in good ways because he would be like super, super far crazy on the climate stuff. He was AOC before AOC was AOC. Um, he, a uh, long time ago, called for uh, Glenn to be arrested for being a traitor because he was uh, lying about the climate, um, basically alluded to him being guilty and uh, deserving of execution and that was totally fine for the left to uh, go along with. They liked RFK Jr. at that time. In fact, he, they even didn't really mind the vaccine stuff from him because at that time, really, it was more of a left issue than a right issue. Well, fast forward to the COVID era. Now he's been kind of anti uh, the COVID vaccine. And many people on the right have aligned with him, at least on that one issue and say, hey, you know, maybe this guy isn't so bad on this. But like none of his other views have changed. He's still completely insane. And a, like, I, he's the worst climate guy you're ever going to see. If you, you, know, you worry about this on Earth Day, well, that's RFK Jr. And now the media, who now isn't supposed to like him anymore because he was against the COVID vaccine, they are now saying, well, he's had a change from an environmentalist lawyer to a, 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 um, a proponent of individual liberty. Now, look, I will grant you that he is arguing against vaccine mandates and is consistent in that one view with individual liberty. But the guy that wants to control every aspect of your life because of climate change is not a proponent of individual liberty. They're just trying to make conservatives. You were trying to make him into some evil conservative crazy person now so that people don't fall for the Kennedy name. But that being said, he's still got 14 percent in a poll, which, again, that doesn't mean he's going to win, but it is uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, Larry Elder has announced his 2024 White House bid. Now, Elder came relatively close. He had a, a period there where he had a shot at winning in California as governor. I like Larry Elder. I think he'd be a very good president if he were to become the president of the United States. Very much a long shot, though, for him to win. But, you know, welcome him uh, to the race. Joe Biden. Yes, this one. I People were waiting on this. The Biden 2024 campaign announcement coming as soon as next week. 
Um, and uh, the, he, they think, you know, this has been on and off, uh, been planned. He's been saying that he would do it eventually, but never pulled the trigger on it. Uh, he was going to supposedly announce as early as next week. We will see. And then the one guy who really has a chance to become our next president. It's true. Officially, Afro man is running for president. Yes, get your early votes in now. Afro man is going for it. We've been talking about it for several decades. When will Afro man announce that he is going to be president of the United States? Because I think we just canceled the primaries. We canceled the elections. We all know the guy who's, you know, basically has only known for a song about how high he is has to be better than all the people currently in Washington. So I, for one, welcome Afro man, our next president of the United States. Out in theaters right now is the movie Nefarious. It's by the same people who made God's Not Dead and Unplanned. Um, and if you haven't uh, seen any of the trailers of this, it's, it, it kind of looks almost like a horror movie. And in some ways, I would say it is. I mean, it's certainly, it's a lot more realistic than your average horror movie. It's kind of like in an interview with a demon. Uh, this is a sort of uh, theological horror movie. And it was based on a book by the Blaze's own Steve Dace, who... By the way, I heard had another health scare today. I hope everything's okay. Steve's had, as he was saying, like I don't know if it's the, you know, the the pushback from everything he's doing right now. But man, he's been through going through some tough times. So keep Steve in your prayers. Uh, Nefarious is out in theaters nationwide, so you can go and check it out. Uh, you can get your tickets at whoisnefarious.com, featuring. Uh, an appearance from our own Glenn Beck as well. Whoisnefarious.com. Check it out in theaters nationwide. Whoisnefarious.com. I know many of you will be very sad to hear this, but BuzzFeed News is shutting down. I know, I know. I can hear everyone crying out there. Uh, BuzzFeed News is an interesting story, really, when you go back. It, it might make an interesting movie one day, frankly. Uh, BuzzFeed, of course, um, let's start with the obvious here. About six years ago, almost to the day, they were the first media organization to print the, um, uh, the dossier, the really terrible dossier on Donald Trump that was supposedly from Russian sources. It led to Russiagate and all the fallout from that. Hillary Clinton paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so that was them, and they, they did that. At the time, Ben Smith was the head of that. He released a piece this week saying, I would do it again, despite all that you know, kind of went on around it. They believed that everybody in the media already had this. All the people in power were talking about it, and the American people needed to hear it as well. Of course, there's a lot of suspicion on the conservative side that they were doing it to try to hurt Donald Trump. Now, this was after the election. I think some people forget that, but it was after the election. He was already, um, uh, he had already won the presidency. Um, it, it, the other part about that BuzzFeed that's interesting is they started out as like a bunch of listicles and, hey, here's a bunch of cat videos. And they did that, built a huge business, and decided to try to launch this, this news arm. Most of it was liberal-leaning stuff that you would not uh, appreciate, though they did have some really good pieces in there every once in a while. In fact, right before the election, they had one of the most effective, I think, mainstream media pieces that was critical of Hillary Clinton, going back through some of her past. They had some stuff on Elizabeth Warren at the time as well. Uh, it wasn't all bad from BuzzFeed News. They had some people who, there who were actually halfway decent. But, like, honestly... 
it shows how difficult this is. They make lots of money off the listicles, lots of money off the cat videos. They, they made a huge business out of that, and the stock has been sinking ever since, and they just weren't even able to keep this news division afloat. So that's going away. I'm not going to really cry about it. Uh, it I will say uh, it, they've already announced they're going to start using the AI to write articles. So I don't know that you're ever going back to this site if you were ever there before. But go back. You'll be free to see all sorts of left-leaning cat listicles. So there you go. If you're on YouTube, follow the show, click like, we do appreciate it, and drop an algorithmic engagement comment below. We do love that. I love how The Blaze and The Daily Wire take up for each other. I love them both, and are both are fantastically needed in today's age. Yeah, we love the guys at The Daily Wire. They've, they've done a great job, and, you know, I think it's important. You know, I hate the infighting on the right, especially in the conservative media. Sometimes that stuff happens. I like when it goes away. And so, anyway, it's really, it's, it's, it's always bigger than that. Um, I love Rick Burgess, says Kim. What a great surprise to see him on here. Great dude. That whole, that whole team is awesome. I love those guys. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, the uh, rapid... Unnecessary disassembly, R-U-D, is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's what we need to do to our government. Well, you know, of course, uh, in, in very, not less explosions, but uh, we do need a lot of it to go away. Fetterman is perfect for this position. His brain is already applesauce. Yes, he can manage the farm bill very, very well. He knows all about applesauce. Uh, AEC for R-U-D. Even when Elon fails, it is first place, baby. Uh, five stars, Mr. Pid, bring it lefties. Yes, I like the R-U-D thing. I'm going to say this is a new slogan of the show. Uh, we are pushing back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. That's what we're doing. And one way we're doing that is trying to repeal the 16th Amendment. Get your T-shirt now. Repeal the 16 amendmentcom Use the code STU10. Save 10%. See you Monday.